The CNBC app, global market news in one place. Customizable sections and personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights all in your hands. Stay connected, stay informed. Download the CNBC app today. Good morning, everybody. This is Squawk Box. Welcome this Monday morning. Let's get into your headlines. Picking up where we left off, Asian stock markets and U.S. futures begin the week in the red after the Dow posts its worst weekly performance since the middle of March. This is Chinese industrial output in May misses expectations, while Beijing is forced to lock down more than 10 neighborhoods following a coronavirus outbreak at a local market, raising fears of a second wave in that country. Infections also spike in the southern states of the US with Florida, Alabama and South Carolina reporting a record number of new cases for a third day in a row. Europe reopens its borders, easing months of travel restrictions, whilst EasyJet prepares to launch its first flight since March from Gatwick. We're on site to speak to the CEO first on CNBC. French President Emmanuel Macron lifts almost all virus restrictions of reopening bars and restaurants and all schools from this month as he claims victory over the virus. À partir de demain, starting tomorrow, we will be able to turn the page of the first act of the crisis that we have just been through. So bear in mind, the big question this morning is, is the risk rally over? Has it run its course? And are we going to see markets moving sideways here while they deal with two competing narratives? And those two competing narratives, as you know, are the economic data. Is it going to get a whole lot worse from here? And what will it look like? And the reason, in part, that we have this weakness in the Asian session is that first narrative around the data. We had some ho-hum numbers on industrial production out of China. And the second issue is on the coronavirus cases. I looked at the Reuters tally this morning, 430,000 deaths, and they're talking about 7.86 million cases. And of course, we had coming into the weekend new news around the rise in cases in the United States. Let's just show you the U.S. market close here so that you have a full picture of how we come into this uh, trading session this week. We just about managed to wrap up the week in positive territory, but already that second narrative around new cases was beginning to get investors rethinking the week. And as you'll recall, as I stood here all last week and mapped the changes that we were seeing in the markets. We had that huge reversal day uh, towards the end of last week where it just felt as though everybody had looked at how far we'd come and said, you know what, I might like to take a little bit of profit here and then just see how things pan out on these two competing narratives of economic data and will there be another round of cases or have we even managed to escape the current intensity of present infections. So the US futures, what do they tell us about what's likely to happen as we get close to the trading session here? Very early days, but as you can see, the indication is that we will get a pullback in the start of the US trading session, and that would fit with that narrative of weak 
Asian markets coming into our European trading day. So several European countries are set to reopen their borders today, easing months of travel restrictions. France will lift its ban on travel from other EU countries as part of a broad pullback of lockdown measures. Greece will also open to most international tourists, but it has extended a ban on UK travellers, saying they will be subject to increased checks on arrival. Spain also says it will allow most travellers travellers to enter from June the 21st. Other countries set to fully reopen their borders today include Germany, Switzerland and Belgium. EasyJet will hold its first flight since late March with new safety measures in place as Britain's biggest budget airline looks to recover from a slump in demand. Joining us in a rather natty high-vis jacket this morning from Gatwick (laughs) Airport is Mr Sedgwick. Good morning, Steve. Morning, Mr. Cutmore. Very good to speak to you. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be here in my high vids. Actually, being airside next to, uh, well, it, it may just be another EasyJet plane, but actually this is EZY883. And why is it important? Well, why don't I get straight to uh, Johan Lundgren, who can tell us how important, I think it is EasyJet883, isn't it? Yes. Now, Johan, really nice to see you. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Of course, we're normally uh, talking about numbers down the line with each other, but we're here to talk about a very significant event today. Um, North Terminal opening up here for the first time uh, since the, the, we had the lockdown as well. And EasyJet's first plane not only out of Gatwick, but since the crisis started, uh, well, the pandemic lockdown here in the UK. Yes, absolutely. It's a fantastic day for us. I mean, it's been 11 long weeks whilst the fleet has been grounded, but we're so excited to be able to start today. It's a relatively small program we're starting with, but we're looking to expand that in scope and destinations and frequency as we progress through this phase. And before we talk about what happens next and what's going to prevent you going to where you want to get, what's different now about flying on an EasyJet plane from when I got on one last time? Well, the airport experience is, is slightly different. Uh, and also on board the aircraft, we have different uh, procedures there that, that has changed. I've got to go to the toilet, haven't I? Well, <laughs> you will be able to do that. So we won't have any, for instance, food service on board the aircraft, and you are required to wear face masks. And, and then there are things that you won't see um, as well that has been introduced. We are doing a deep disinfection of the aircraft with the protection against the virus on all the surfaces that will last up to 24 hours. So, so there are a number of things in there that is different. Our audience, of course, used to getting on planes all the time as well. What about this HEPA air system as well? Does it make a big difference to um, the safe, clean air in a, in a plane? Yes, the HEPA system is one of the most advanced filter systems that you have today in, in aviation, and that's what we have on, on board our aircraft. So it actually reduces contamination with 99.97%, and the air on board the aircraft is replaced every three, four minutes. So it's actually a very, very clean environment from an air point of view. So I came through Gatwick this morning. Uh, I had my, um, obviously, hand sanitizer everywhere. I had my mask on in public areas as well. I get on the plane. It's a safe environment. What's the problem with the UK government then? Well, uh, I think that the, you're referring to the quarantine. Well, that's what we are asking as well. We we don't think that the quarantine is a, an efficient measure from, from a public health point of view. Uh, we would like to see that the quarantine will get replaced either by air bridges or that it's being removed and then al- only being put in place into uh, flying and connecting to territories where there is a higher increase of getting the, the infection in the first place. So that's what we are what, what we are looking for to happen. So you'd like to persuade the government, but if you can't persuade them, what about this judicial review? How quickly can that, which I believe that you, Ryanair and uh, IAG, British Airways' owner, are taking through the courts? Do you expect much progress there? 
Well, first of all, foremost, we would like to see that the, the quarantine gets replaced by something else. That's what we like to do, and that's what, what the whole purpose is. But we do believe also that there is a case that this should be tried and, and tested by the court, because we believe that in, in a certain part that it's actually unlawful. But our, our key focus is really to make sure that from a public health point of view, and also to allow aviation to come back to do what aviation does best, connecting people, that it should be replaced by something else, still with the public health at the forefront of what we're doing. Can I ask you a very blunt question? Have you had this conversation, you one-on-one with the Home Secretary and just explained to her the folly of the government policy? No, I've been on, on calls with the Home Secretary, but I have a one-on-one conversation with the, with the Secretary of State for Transport. Uh, and I'm, I'm hopeful that they're looking in to do actively uh, something that will then replace the system that we are in. But we have to wait and see uh, what they come up with. Johan, I'm sorry to push the point, but does Grant Schatz get it? Does he get the necessary necessity necessity of getting this back up and running, getting this industry back up and running very quickly before perhaps the, the peak summer season. I think everybody in the government recognizes that aviation, you know, is a big contributing factor as we now go into the economic recovery that is so desperately needed and that should be in place. Uh, clearly, it needs to be done with, with the public health at its forefront. And that's why we believe that this quarantine approach is not efficient from a public health point of view and that it should be replaced with, with the alternative that we have proposed, Airbridges as we an example. We're going to talk to you a little bit later on in the month about your numbers as well, so I don't want to talk about the financial ramifications specifically, but the industry in the round as well is reeling at the moment. We know that uh, Gatwick itself is suffering hugely as well with concerns about BA uh, and Virgin Atlantic as well. Is there an opportunity as well as uh, just trying to cope at the moment for EasyJet, an opportunity to expand its franchise? Well, I think first and foremost, one should recognise that, you know, aviation has been, you know, probably the most affected of all the industries. Uh, I mean, we have been grounded our fleet now for, for 11 weeks. So I think it's too soon to start talking about opportunities that will come out of this but of course you know as we see that we progress through the summer and we will see demand uh, growing again uh, you know there will be plenty of, of opportunities down the line but right now we're happy to start flying we're excited about start flying and that we can do that in, in a safe and uh, way for our customers so flight up to Glasgow today pushing off a, a 700 uh, BST as well w- what else are you planning for the next few weeks or is it all literally dependent on getting those air bridges well, we are having a, a relatively small program. It is about 310 flights that we will do this week. So it's worth about uh, 10 aircrafts of flying in the UK and across uh, Europe. But we are looking for that to increase in scope with frequencies and destinations as we progress throughout these first couple of weeks. Very important hub for EasyJet, of course, Gatwick as well. But what about what's going on on the continent as well? Just again, with a nod to how different governments are, are carrying out different policies as well. Do you think there's something that countries in Europe are doing better than the British are doing that you say, look, just look at this. This is how to do it. Well, I don't think it's a matter about, you know, who's doing it better and who's doing it, you know, less good. I think that everybody is, you know, trying to make the best out of the situations and, are, and there are also incredibly difficult decisions to take. But you're right to point out that uh, uh, whilst this quarantine has been introduced here a week ago, uh, the remainder of Europe has relaxed and removed the restrictions that's been in place. Um, and that's why it's important that also UK are now reviewing uh, this measure so we can actually also then contribute to the economic recovery that is so desperately needed here in the UK. Um, while I've got you here, there's something else going on that we've probably talked about quite a lot previously, and that is Brexit as well. How concerned are you about the state of talks between uh, the United Kingdom and indeed the European Commission? 
Well, at, at ECET, we have prepared ourselves for eventuality scenarios, including also hard Brexit. Uh, so we are looking forward to that to progress. It is enormously important, particularly in the situation now that we are into when it comes to the economic you know, uncertainty that, that will be in place for some time, that these talks get gets uh, onto and that, that we'll see a progress in that area. Yeah, Caroline Fairburn said that British companies or companies operating out of the UK as well had used up a lot of their cash reserves and their ability to absorb Brexit shots with the pandemic as well. Would you agree with that, that actually the British uh, aviation industry just can't take a hard Brexit as well as this pandemic? Well, I think it's different. I mean, certain companies have been preparing for this more than others. At ECDF, we started preparing for this as soon as the, there was a referendum. Uh, so we are in place and, and ready to operate also in all eventual uh, scenarios. But of course, we would like to see progress in this area. Johan, I really appreciate you uh, joining us today. Thank you very much indeed. Luckily, it's an absolutely fantastic day here at Gatwick as well. And thanks for getting the plane turned off while we're having the interview as well. That is what we call power as well. Johan Lundgren, thank you very much indeed. I look forward to speaking to you later in the month. Uh, CEO of EasyJet there. We are here throughout the morning, of course. And of course, uh, EZY883 taking off at 7am. Back to you. Terrific, Steve. Thanks very much indeed for that. Um, Let's move on. Let's tell you a little bit more about how the UK is reopening here. High street retailers in England will open their tills again today. It's the first time in almost three months as the country continues its exit from the coronavirus lockdown. But all shops will have to enforce strict distancing and hygiene rules, while clothes retailers must impose limits to trying on products. Reopening the wider sector is key to the UK's recovery plan after data show GDP falling over 20% on the quarter in April. The move comes as Prime Minister Boris Johnson promises to review the country's 20, oh sorry, two metre, 20, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Uh, Two metre safe distancing rules. Johnson said easing the rules as cases decrease will help with the recovery. The guidance at the moment is that there are benefits, and you'll have seen what Sage said, there are benefits in terms of the, the, uh, the I don't know how to express this, the projectile of, uh, of, of uh, the, the cloud. disease. The cloud, that's right, thank you. Yeah, uh, there are benefits in terms of preventing the disease from two metres. Now, clearly, statistically, uh, those benefits, while important, become uh, less valuable as uh, we get the disease down. But what I don't want to do is sacrifice the huge efforts of the British people in, in beating this disease. Boris Johnson, the UK Prime Minister. Well, coming up on the programme, a Beijing district enters wartime emergency mode amid a new spike in coronavirus cases. We'll tell you more about that when we return. And if you want to keep up to date on all these big market moves and the latest on coronavirus and travel restrictions, check out the Squawk Box podcast. If you enjoy Squawk Box Europe, check out the Brave Ones podcast. The series explores the rise of some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs. Through exclusive interviews with family, friends and colleagues, the Brave Ones podcast features stories of determination, resilience and ingenuity. Available on Apple Podcast, Spotify and Google Play. The Brave Ones podcast presented by Credit Suisse. So 
So welcome back, everybody. If you're just joining us, let me just catch you up on what's going on in the Asian trading session here. This is how the uh, key markets in Asia look at the moment. And, you know, who, who done it? Who ultimately uh, has changed that risk on momentum that we saw uh, coming through uh, from that March 23rd low? Was it Jay Powell back on June 10th? Is it the virus itself, these rising cases, the second round that we're seeing in Beijing in that district that has been uh, closed down here? Anyway, whichever narrative you choose to accept at this point, this is the state of play on the Asian trading session. Let's just show you uh, what's happening in the Treasury market, if we can just give, give you a quick sense of how some of those areas of the market that may benefit from a pullback on the risk on uh, story are actually doing here. And as you can see across the yield curve, we do see the uh, prices higher on these Treasury notes. That means the yields are lower here and they would fit in with that overall story of risk aversion. Um, the other part of the market that's taking a bit of pain at the moment is the oil story. Let's just pop this up for you. The Brent quote down nearly 3%. WTI is off about 4%. And perhaps surprisingly, given its safe haven status, uh, the fact that we've got spot gold just a little bit easier here, you might have expected uh, gold to enjoy uh, the benefit of some of that pullback from the risk on trade at the moment. But we're really not going anywhere quick on gold at this stage. All of that boils down to opening calls for Europe that unsurprisingly look a little bit lacklustre at this hour. And as we showed you uh, just 10, 15 minutes ago, the US futures look quite negative, implying we will get a weak start to the US trading session. So we'll see how we fare as we come a little closer to the start of the European trading day. Well, Beijing has recorded over 50 new cases of the virus in recent days. All have been linked to a wholesale food market. The city's health authority says all the infected people worked or shopped in the Shinfadi food market. Authorities have ordered a mandatory 14-day quarantine for shoppers and employees, as well as speeding up testing efforts. The affected district has been put on, quote, wartime emergency measures with 11 neighbourhoods near the market back in full lockdown conditions. Meanwhile, we had industrial production data, which showed a less than expected recovery in activity in May. Retail sales fell for the fourth straight month. Three key readings of Chinese economic health then all missed forecasts as the world's second largest economy is trying to come out of lockdown conditions. Sam joins us with a look at both of these issues. And Sam, I don't know where you want to start here, but clearly worrying signs both on the recovery on the data and, of course, these new infections in Beijing. Absolutely, Jeff, and good morning to you. Yeah, so investors have been really watching closely this economic data to try to gauge the health of the world's second biggest economy. And so these numbers really do back up what analysts have been saying about a slow recovery. So in terms of the numbers, the fixed asset investment for January to May fell 6.3% year on year. Analysts polled by Reuters had been expecting a decline of 5.9%, while the private sector, which makes up for 60% of investment, fell 9.6% 
for the same period. Now, industrial production expanded 4.4% year on year in May. Analysts had been expecting this to remain steady at around 5% as businesses really got their production back up and running post the coronavirus outbreak. Um, so while this was the second month of increase certainly does suggest that the economy is still struggling. Of course, we have seen a lot of this data coming out of the mainland in May, showing that the manufacturing sector is under pressure because of this uh, demand at home and abroad remaining sluggish. In terms of the retail sales, they fell 2.8 in May year on year. Analysts had so uh, still falling more than expected, but certainly better 7.5% drop. Now, of course, this is a major indicator of consumption growth. So this does suggest that consumer confidence is trickling back. We do need to keep in mind uh, that we did have that May holiday back at the uh, beginning of the month, which happened just very tight restrictions. More people are going outdoors, eating in restaurants, going to shops, but economists have told me people and they are tightening their purses. With that, a number of measures to try to boost consumer confidence like vouchers to spur spending. Sam, we're just going to jump in here. We are getting a deteriorating uh, quality of feed. I think we're, we're just going to wrap up with you for the time being. I think you got the key stories across, though, to the audience. And apologies if um, those interruptions uh, spoil your enjoyment of Sam's report. Let me move on and take a look at some other stories and we'll uh, get our ducks in a row on the technology and uh, we'll see if we can come back to Sam a bit later on in the programme. Anti-racism protests took place across the US this weekend, intensified by the fatal shootings of 27-year-old Rayshard Brooks in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Mr. Brooks's death was ruled a homicide after a police officer shot him in the back three times. The officer in question was fired and Atlanta's police chief has resigned. The incident has amplified calls to review police authority as cities around the country introduce new excessive force legislation. Meanwhile, there are growing concerns about a second wave of coronavirus in the country as uh, they report a jump in cases. Florida reported a 3.6% rise on Saturday. That is the biggest one-day jump. A number of southern states, including Alabama and North Carolina, have registered a record number of new infections in the past three days. New York Governor Cuomo issued a stern warning saying the state could roll back reopening in areas that violate safety protocols. Thank you for listening to Squawk Box Europe Express. For more market-moving news, you can head to cnbc.com. Or join us again on the show with Jeff Cutmore, Steve Sedgwick and Karen Cho. Weekdays on CNBC.